Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help you ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Oh, hello. Oh, we both did hands together. Um, Our hands are similar. Okay, that was... If you're watching this on video, I guess you get it, but everybody else does not. Yeah, we were inadvertently mirroring one another. Hmm. Hello. Hello. Oh, sorry. Uh, This is Ruined. Uh, I'm Hallie. This is a podcast where we ruin a horror movie. Who the hell are you? Okay, great. Allison. (laughs) Okay, great. Um, Um, Welcome. I got distracted because you said um, we're mirroring each other. It made me think of um, On 30 Rock where Jenna and um, Paul mirror each other to achieve achieve touchless orgasms. Which is what we were doing too, but we didn't even realize That is what we were doing. That is absolutely what we were doing, but nobody knows. And what is our podcast but a touchless (laughs) orgasm for the mind? For your ears. Yeah. Um, But yes, of course, we are... um, Continuing our Stephen King week. Oh, my God. Month. The week. The month of the year. Yeah. The, the week of the month of the year. Um, Stephen, Stephen King. King. Um, the, the OG, the GOAT. Um, and there are a lot of phenomenal uh, movies based on his work. A lot of bad ones, too, but a lot of uh, absolute uh, knockouts. And yes. this week's I really enjoyed. Um, and, of course, we always like to have Allison watch the trailer. And the movie we are doing is, of course, Cujo. Allison, yes. what are your thoughts about the Cujo trailer? I mean, the premise is like powerful evil dog. Mm-hmm. I think kind that's of. yeah, that is that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they sell it. They did a really good job of like showing that. There's a like from what I can guess is coming. Like probably the the meat of the movie is the woman trapped in her car with her child. Yes. We don't get to that until quite later in the trailer. So I'm just, I'm, I'm very curious as to what the story is going to be. But also that, like, the dog they cast is just, like, a dog. Like, it's not like, he, it doesn't look particularly scary. Yes. It, 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 in the way that if this movie got made, and I think there is a remake that was ooh, made okay. recently. Let's check it. Because um, when I was looking up the trailer, it was, like, 1982 or 2019 or something. Um, and I feel like I remember it Existing anyway, but I can see like today, like you're CGIing that dog. It's like so intense right, and scary and like rabid seeming. But like this is just like a German Shepherd, yeah, who's probably super nice. Um, I, I was going to say I looked it up. Apparently, they they keep their rumors of Cujo being remade, but it has never come to fruition. Oh, interesting. And so, yeah, because it's like 2015, there's rumors. 2019, there's rumors. There was one in 2020. I wonder if they were going to make it and then maybe it got pushed uh, because of the pandemic, COVID. you know? And, yeah. you know, dogs, you know, they, they you know, wanted to have to work during COVID either. So, um, yeah. yeah. Dogs um, and cats can get it, so they shouldn't have to <laughs> and um, work. But I also, it's like, again, one of those movies where it's like, why? Like, there's nothing about, like, ah, oh, we need to update it. Well, the update is she would have a cell phone. You know, people would have more ability to call yeah. someone and be like, hey, a powerful evil dog is attacking my car, you know? Yeah, that is, like, one of the things about updating. Like, 
older movies, like, you know, you watch it and you're like, yeah, and that would never happen today because we have cell phones, we have computers, we have, like, you know, voicemail, like, all these things, um, the internet. On the flip side, of course, it's like, well, if your phone died and you're in the same position, it's like— where, how, and how be. reliant we are on our phones. So maybe that, yes. that would be how, how you have to play with it is your phone dies and then, well, what do you do? What do you do, Allison? What do you do? Um, but we always have to take a baseline scary. And um, I will say, you, you just said, how scary do you find the concept of a powerful evil dog? I mean, I really like dogs. Mm-hmm. I've never had, like, a bad, like, I don't have, like, a dog bite as a child, like, terror. Like, I'm not afraid of dogs. Um, so, not. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, you're just a buddy. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I understand that, like, people train dogs to become, like, vicious beasts and, like, also, like, left to their own wiles. I'm sure, like, they're, like, wolves are scary and cannot be domesticated. So, you know, that DNA is still in there for some of them. But I, I wouldn't say it's as scary as, like, I don't know, like, I, like. An evil I cat? Could, I, could, I could take a dog. <laughs> I mean, I, I do agree that there is, sort of similar to Christine, like, the idea of the, the car as an entity is yes. not quite so powerful. Whereas, like, obviously there are dogs that have killed people. And yes. I, but I think we do have more of an under, like, if I was to be confronted with a dog on the street, I'm my default is not going to be fear. It's going to be, who the hell's dog is this? Why is this outside yeah. going to be by a car? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I, I'm not like, if I just like see a dog that's like not with its person, I'm not like, oh no, I'm scared. I'm like, oh, yeah. what's going on here? Right. I feel scared for the dog. Where do you belong? Yeah. I, and, yeah, I'm afraid for the dog. And then, unfortunately, we've already discussed this, not unfortunately, but this is a slightly different version because uh, we did uh, uh, discuss this during the film Quarantine earlier in our run. Mm. Um, and of course, Allison, the question is how scary do you find the concept of rabies? Very. Yeah, agreed. I don't interact with enough things that could give me rabies for it to be, like, a regular fear. Mm-hmm. But it is, like, it just does feel like one of those things where, like, if it happens, you're fucked. Even though I think that's not the case. I think, like, medical intervention does, like, stop it from— Well, so, and I, I, I unfortunately, I did some research on this. And it's like, yes, oh, no. if you are bitten and you immediately go and get prophylaxis, like, right then. Like, let's say you yes. were I bitten by a bat. You're good to go. The problem bitten by a bat. Oh, that's where a lot of people get them. You know, you're clearing Why out an old house. Why are people around bats? It's all like um, you know, you go into a cave, you go to a barn, you go into, go a, into an attic. Bats are more places than you'd think it would be. I had this. Well, there's thought, that. Go oh, sorry. Bridge in Austin. I was going to say like, I was in Austin earlier. I was this in year. Austin, and I would people were like, "Oh, everybody goes and like looks at it," and I'm like, "What?" Stay away from the bats. Yeah, I absolutely went to Go look to at it. Bar. And when the bats all flew out, which was very cool, I did immediately was like, oh, no, one's going to get into my hair. I So I yes, completely— of course. My hair, I always— assume, Like, there's always something going on in my hair. It's like there's so much of it. Yeah, and uh, I think that uh, This American Life did a uh, story about uh, rabies. And this woman who was going to her house and then got attacked by, I want to say, a rabid raccoon that just ran out of the woods and fully attacked this woman. Jesus Christ, And she's, like, wrestling with it. And luckily, of course, like, they were able to test the raccoon and it said they had rabies. But then she had to, like— and this is also speaks to like both the fear of getting rabies and the fear of when you're seeking treatment, having to deal with the fucking health insurance situation. Yes, yes obviously. She, this one's calling around and they're like, oh yeah, you don't worry. Like as long as you figure it out the next two weeks, but like call back on Monday. And then she called a different place. They're like, you have like three days 
You better get your fucking ass in there. Also, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'll wait as long as, you know, oh, it's two weeks, I'll go in a week and a half. Like, no, I would be, like, going immediately. But also, it's like, I do think, like, some people, if you're not from an area that has rabies, you maybe you wouldn't necessarily know how dangerous it is. Yeah. And another thing they say is, like, kids will get the handle, you know, like, they'll find, like, a baby raccoon or, like, a bat, an injured bat. We'll handle it. We'll get bitten and then not tell their parents. One, right. not being want, want to get in trouble. But sometimes bats can bite so lightly or scratch yes. you so in such a microscopic yeah. way, you don't even know. That happens all the time where, like, I'm like, oh, I have a cut that I've clearly had for, yes. like, uh-huh. a week. Where did that come from? I have a huge bruise on my leg. No no memory. Yeah. Could, yep. I, I, I believe I ran to a coffee table, but if I didn't, I don't know, you know? I don't know. So, uh, so I definitely my fear of rabies is high, and this is sort of it's it's a very tragic story because it's so sort Cujo of like, is rabid. Yes, he Aww. is a very good boy who Aww. was bitten and became becomes rabid. And I've actually read the book of this. I want to say I was a teenager. I read Cujo, and I feel like Stephen King did a really good job of being like you're from the dog's perspective of like what it thinks is going on, and it's just so like it confused and in pain and like is Aww. doing. Like, it's not being— Do animals that have rabies, like, are they in pain? Yeah, I think it's really horrible. Like, it's a horrible death for humans and animals. Yeah. And that's why I think it's, like, you have to have your animal put down. It's, like, we don't have—so that's the thing. If you go get a prophylaxis right after you get scratched or bitten, you're good. By the time rabies um, symptoms start showing up, I believe, like, there's only one or two people who have ever survived rabies because they had a treatment, but it's not really that effective, as it turns out from my reading, which made me very sad— so oh. you just got to get it treated right away. Once symptoms start, it's very difficult to survive. And apparently it's really horrible. It's like a horrible way to die. I know. I was like, God, as if the world wasn't horrible enough. We got to worry about afraid, this. afraid of that. Um, but yeah, so that's why people usually have the animal put down because it's like, we're well, just going to make it suffer, you know, for days. And that's yeah. the, one of the things like hydrophobia. So like it can't dr- oh, swallow. Yeah. It, that's why the, it foams in the mouth. Is it can't even swallow, swallow its own saliva. And that's why he doesn't want to drink. It's so uncomfortable. I know. It's really sad. Poor buddies. And um, actually, in Cujo, the, the the book, which we'll talk about the movie in just a second here, um, there's, like, an addendum at the end. And in the addendum, like, Stephen King writes how, like, Cujo really was a good boy. Like, he really was a good dog. Aww. And I'm like, it would be better if the dog was evil. Fictional. Like, Christine. Yes. You know, like, Christine's right. just an evil car, baby. She's just here to kill and, and fall in love with a man yeah, or whatever. Yeah, mayhem. And Cujo was just a regular dog that got rabies. And then— acted out, it, it, it became violent out of distress and confusion, not, you know, it, not, it, not the devil's dog or whatever. Right. Um, with that being said, Allison, based on what you've seen, would you like to guess the twist in the movie Cujo? Guess the twist. Okay, I guess the twist isn't like, oh, he just has rabies. Um, but his owner... Also is evil, but he was nice and then got rabies. Great. Love it. Um, I also want to read this from the Wikipedia because I was like, oh, Cujo, why is it named that? Like, even having read the book, I did it, couldn't remember. Cujo's name was based on the alias of Willie Wolf, one of the men responsible for orchestrating Patty Hearst's kidnapping and indoctrination into the Sibonese Liberation Army. Apparently, Stephen King discusses the uh, Cujo in his book on writing. Referring to it as a novel, he barely remembers writing at all because he wrote it during the height of his struggle with alcohol addiction. Mm. And King goes on to say he likes the book and wishes he could remember enjoying the good parts as he put them on the page. That's really sad. Because I do think this is a very—I really enjoyed this book. And, um, you know, he's so prolific. It's just sad to think, like, yeah, there's certain books I don't recall. Yeah. Yeah. 
But, crazy. Um, but it seems like Stephen King's doing well. He's on Twitter, so I, I yeah, I'm excited for him. That seems that, fine. Yeah, he seems to be um, you know grappling with it as as the best as anyone possibly could. Um, so let us begin ruining the movie Cujo. We open on a little, tiny, adorable bunny hopping in the woods. And it hops out into the open, sort of into a grassy field, where it's spotted by a playful St. Bernard named Cujo. And we see Cujo. Oh, St. Bernard. Yeah. And again, I immediately think of um, Beethoven. Yes. Like the same, Beethoven. Yeah. Uh, St. Bernard is like the most adorable, playful, yeah. big, like, lunk type yeah. of dogs, you know? Yeah. Just like sweethearts. Yeah. Yeah. So he chases the rabbit, but not like in a like I'm gonna kill this rabbit, but like in a whimsical like nature adventure, like, like playing. Yeah, like even the 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 music is like happy and upbeat, and the rabbit runs into the woods and into its burrow. But its burrow is part of like uh, essentially like a limestone cave system. So it goes in, and then Cujo sort of jams his head into the burrow, which is part of this cave. Unfortunately, it's barking at the at the the rabbit, and the the barking startles the bats inside the cave. And they're all kind of flying oh. around, trying to escape. Just, again, distressed. Ugh, bats. And one of them bites Cujo on the nose. And he starts whimpering and, and howling, and he it sends him running back home. Um, that very night, we catch up with kindergartner Tad. And I believe he's a kindergartner. He's four in the book. I'm going to say he's in kindergarten um, in the movie. Sure. A real cutie pie. He's getting ready for bed, and he is terrified of his closet door. Because a closet door will pop open. And it's mm. clear, it, it's clear to us watching this that it's just, you know, it's like a, a sticky faulty, door. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it will creak open, which if you're five is terrifying. I mean, even knowing that in <laughs> yeah. my mind, if I was laying in bed 100%. and I was trying to fall asleep and I heard that, I'd be like, I'm terrified. And I know yeah. that it's about a hinge. Mm-hmm. Oh, completely. You're middle of the night, you hear a door creak open and suddenly you see the, the black maw of a closet lo- looking out at you. Yeah. No, 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 no. So he's uh, terrified, and he goes to the, he goes to the light switch, and he shuts it off, and then like essentially tries to jump into bed before the lights go out. So he's terrified of the dark, and he's huddling under his covers, and then he looks, and the closet door slowly creaks open, and he just shrieks. His parents, Donna and Vic, come in to comfort him. His dad opens the door, does, as I'm sure every parent has to do, open the door, see there's just, it's just full of clothes. We got some toys. We got a teddy bear that I think he'd like to sleep with you. And Ted's like, no, I saw him. I saw the monster in the closet. He has yellow eyes and teeth that are curled. And he made it sound like this. Curled teeth. <sighs> like hissing. Okay. And Very snaky. And parents are like, wow, that would be really scary, huh? And Donna's like, he ate too much junk food and he's watching too much TV. Like he's all wound up. And Vic's like, don't worry. There are no such things as real monsters. Those are only in stories. And it's like, oh, Dad, I've got some bad news about where this movie is going. Mm. And they kiss uh, Tad goodnight, and Vic reminds him again, like, there's no monsters. You know, go to sleep. And they shut the door, and Tad says to himself, yeah, there's no monsters, except for the one in my closet. And he stares at the door. And in the morning, we look at the closet, and Tad is probably a comically large pile of, like, his toys and furniture, like, in front of the door to create, like, a barricade. And they all go to the breakfast, and Vic's kind of like, oh, I wonder who moved all that stuff in front of the door. And Tad's like, yeah, I don't know, Dad. I Couldn't, couldn't be me. Obviously, be me. it was him. Um, while they're having breakfast, their family friend, Steve Kemp, stops by. 
And he has, he's like a furniture maker and restorationist. So he has a rocking chair that he's refurbished for them. And he's working on one of their tables. And from the second she hears his voice, you know, Donna is extremely weird. So she doesn't even turn to look at Steve. So you already know that there's something going on. Something's up. Something is amiss. But Steve's super friendly. They're obviously like, they're all friends with him. He calls Tad Tadpole, you know. That's cute. And he tells Steve about the monster, but, you know. There's no such thing as monsters, at least in the daytime. And they all laugh, and they're having fun. But we see Donna's, like, smile kind of fades. Something is on Donna's mind. Meanwhile, this is like, oh, God. Okay, so there's this whole sub subplot in this movie that is similar to, do you remember when we did um, uh, uh, Drag Me to Hell? And I had to try to explain what the assistant manager was doing with regards to, like, the oh, bank I loans. wasn't, it wasn't Naomi. Oh, Naomi. Okay, so I... Uh, Fortunately, but I listen, so. fortunately, you're going to be experiencing that perhaps to the tenth fold because there's something to do with advertising. And Allison, oh, I no. was hanging by a thread, understanding what the fuck we were talking about. <laughs> so, but to set it up, a TV commercial comes on, and it's uh, for Sharp cereal. So, Sharp cereal has like a bunch of different brands, like Cocoa Bears and Red Raspberry Zingers, and a couple other ones, and. Um, uh, Vic's ad ca- ad, uh, ad firm is the one who okay. came out with this big national commercial, and it's like a professor of cereal. And he sort of, it, it, one of his taglines sure. is like, nope, nothing wrong with that. It sort of explains like how great and like healthy, obviously they're not. It's like just trash. Right. Like it's how healthy sugar. it is. Yeah. And Vic's like, oh, well, they're airing it everywhere. It's like such a big get for the firm. Like we made so much money off of it. It's so exciting. Sometimes later we see Steve and Vic playing tennis. They're like actually friends, you know. Unfortunately, we then see Steve lying in his bed in his really disgusting bachelor pad, and lying next to him is Donna. They are having an affair. Oh. And just in case we didn't get that Steve makes and restores furniture, they're literally just piles of chairs and then, like, turpentine bottles. I'm like, this seems very uh, hazardous. Like, Super dangerous. You shouldn't just be doing this in your living room, right? I don't I don't know much about it. Yeah, but those like, chemicals are, like, really yeah. caustic and, like, you can die. <laughs> So that night, um, they're eating dinner in silence, and Tad even goes to turn on the TV, but they make him turn it off. And Donna's obviously like silent. She's very contemplative. And Steve's like, wow, this marriage is certainly running out of conversation, isn't it? Maybe we should talk about having another baby. Oh, Vic. Vic, Whoa, that's not going to solve boy, anything. that is not the answer. Yeah, bud. But sensing the tension, Tad sort of was like, I need to break the, you know, break whatever's going on here. So he ducks under the table, and he makes his hand into a shark fin, and, like from Jaws, and goes, da-da-da. Da-dum, da-dum, da-dum. And his parents laugh. And it's like, oh, no, he's only five. And he knows he has to be funny to, like, break up the tension oh, in his parents' no. marriage. I know. He's going to be in therapy forever. And if he if, if he doesn't go to therapy, a stand-up comedian. You know? Like, yeah. my God. The worst kind. <laughs> so the next day, uh, Vic, is, Vic has this gorgeous red jag, Jaguar convertible. And he it's having some problems with it. So he takes to get a tune-up. And the mechanic's like, you're going to have to leave it here. Like, it's going to take a while. And as he's like, well, I, I, I need to, like, have him back the next day or whatever. A postal worker delivers the mail, delivering the mail says, you know, go talk to Joe Camber. He lives out of town, but he will fix you up and he won't rob you blind like this guy. And Vic's mm. like, okay, I'll, I'll pay him a visit. Thanks for the tip. And so he goes the next day with Donna and Tad. And Joe Camber lives out on a proper farm. And it's not said in the movie, but in the book, um, 
uh, Donna, Vic, and Tad live in Castle Rock, Maine, which is a fictional yes. town where a lot of Stephen King stories are set. So we're supposed to think they live, like, in town, and then Joe Camber lives, like, six, seven miles out in the middle of nowhere, has, has a farm. So it, okay. they're kind of secluded. So Vic talks to Joe. Joe's like, okay, I want to take it for a spin, like, get in the car and drive, and I just want to hear what it sounds like. And so Donna and Tad sort of just, like, hang out on the farm. She says hi to his wife, Charity. She's sort of, like, not interested in talking, and, and Donna sort of picks up on some weirdness. And then Cujo trots over, and Donna freaks out and grabs Tad up. But um, Joan and uh, Charity's son, Brett, who's like 11, is like, oh, don't worry. Cujo loves kids. He's super nice. And, you know, Donna sort of like reluctantly allows Tad to pat Cujo's head, but Cujo's super sweet and like it's totally fine. So, Aww. yeah, it's very cute. Unfortunately, I just feel bad for Cujo. I know, me too. I did, even this whole movie, no matter what he did, I'm like, oh, well, he doesn't mean to. He's, he doesn't he's, mean to. He's a good to. boy. He's um, a good boy. So, unfortunately, uh, Donna does let Tad uh, pet Cujo, but then she knows he has a big open wound on his nose, which we know, of course, is from it's the from bat the bite. Um, Joe Chambers is able to fix the car uh, right there. They don't even have to um, leave it there, and then they drive home. Um, that night, Vic sort of, like, he sort of does, like, sort of a spell, and he sort of, like, commands all the monsters out of Ted, Tad's room. And he's like, you don't belong in here. There's no room for you. And Tad really appreciates it. But he's also like, Dad, I know they're going to come back. Like, I mean, you like, you can say whatever you want. The monsters are not going to leave. Okay, you don't right. have that kind of power. And Vic goes back to bed. He's like, oh, my God. He woke up. Like, it's basically 1.30 in the morning. You know, so they kept getting this pattern where, like, Tad wakes up screaming. They have to, one of them has to go in there to calm him down. And uh, Vic gets back into bed. And Donna looks at him. And she's like, you know, you're so good with him. And Vic says... Well, so how am I with you? And Donna's like, oh, great. Everything's fine. Anyways, good night. And shuts off the light. And Vic knows something is wrong. Yeah. But, like, again, it's like, I don't—what do I—you know, like, how do I get her to talk about it? Or, you know, how do we get to it? Unfortunately, there's going to be sort of a crisis with the ad firm, Allison. So we're going to have to oh, boy. kick the can that is our marriage down the line. We see uh, the professor in the Sierra commercial say, No. Nothing wrong here. And then we cut to a news reporter. At the beginning of a news report, says, "Well, that's not entirely true." Apparently, that was good. <laughs> good uh, broadcast English. Oh uh, yeah, and you know they were like, "Oh, we got him. We got him. We got him. We did it. We hit it. We nailed it." <laughs> Best line read. So apparently, thousands of people reported internal hemorrhaging after eating sharp cereal products. I was like, "Oh, the original Daily Harvest." However, <laughs> it turns out it wasn't. It's not funny. People had to have their. I know it's so rich. awful. I shouldn't joke it's about so it. Bad. By the grace of I know, God, but again. It's like, by the grace of God, this is why I don't eat that crap. Fortunately, the news reports it wasn't actually internal bleeding, but it was the dye from the red raspberry zingers. Oh, so also it, like sharp cereal. Like I'm imagining, like there's metal in everything. You know? Yeah. <laughs> So even though it was false alarm, like the brand is fucking tanking. You know, I mean? like yeah. it's like a punchline in all like the um, you know, like uh, late, night. late night talk shows. Like it's yeah, we, such it, a joke. You know, every, if you were working at Colbert and this happened, oh, you would be chained to your desk writing about it for a week. And and the way they describe it is sort of like if you eat beets and then forget you ate beets, and then you're like, oh, my peeing blood. Except in this case, it's thousands of children. So as you can imagine, it's okay. not great for the brand. Not great. Not great. And Vic is like, oh no! Like they essentially like. <laughs> you know, pull the campaign down and, you know, like now their commercials are sort of like a punchline and he's like, oh my God, this is like going to be horrible for my career. Donna's like, it's fine. You'll work it out. You always have before. Could barely could give a shit because she's so 
fucked up about the fact that she's having an affair and is like I'm figuring out what to do about it. And Vic's like, I know this isn't a mass suicide, but you can at least pretend to care. A little gravity would be nice. Just then, um, uh, Vic's partner, Roger, who he wrote the ca- the campaign with, calls. Sure. And Vic answers and immediately is like, you'll work it out. You always have before, which is exactly what Donna said. She's like, come on. You can't yell at me if you're going to say it to him, you know? It's true. Um, at the office, Vic is putting out fires all day. You know, apparently they're going to have a special board meeting over the professor ads that he and Roger will have to go to. And uh, basically, they're going to lose the Sharp account. And I'm like, okay, that's not fair because one, they didn't make the product, and two, it, yes, that's scary, but no, everyone is fine. Nobody got hurt or even hospitalized. Right. It's embarrassing. Yeah, of course. But like, but that's on Sharp Cereals. That's not you. But I guess they're basically, right. basically being challenged to be like, you have to rebrand and make us a solve this PR crisis that for you us. Cause and I was like, I guess that's how it works. Like, I, I was just sort of like. They didn't do anything wrong. Why is there like, oh, our ass is on the line? Roger's like, oh my yeah. God, you know? I was like, they just made an ad campaign. They had nothing to do with the actual problem, you right. know? But maybe in the cutthroat world of advertising, that's. I mean, issue. I guess it's also like then you lose this client, which is a certain amount of money that is always incoming yes. or whatever. But also, so like, it's how like, much money is Sharp going to have? If their business is tanking, then like yes. your business is tanking because your business relies on their business. Right. So obviously, Vic is very distracted. Everything I know about advertising, I know from Mad Men. So again, it's I mean, not this sounds a lot. right. Yeah. Um, back at the Cambridge farm, Joe is doing car work and he screams for Brett. And Cujo, isn't Cujo's looking worse and worse, but like nobody really notices. Like his wound is still open, his nose is kind of streaming liquid, his eyes are streaming, and he's so sensitive to sound. Like you, Joe's like using a piece of machinery and it's killing Cujo, so he kind of trots off under the um, patio and like or porch rather, and just like sits there. And meanwhile, Donna visits Steve and says, "The we we can't. This is over. I came by to tell you I can't see you anymore." And Steve says, "It's a little late for that, isn't it?" Steve, that's not how affairs work, baby. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm a lot— you, Yeah. We started talking, talking and now I'm, we're not going to do that anymore. Done fucking you. Yeah, like, it, it was like Steve is so shocked. And it's like, did you think—I guess maybe he thought she was going to leave Vic for him. But it's like, she has a very young child. And also, like, Vic seems great. So it's like, she she knows she fucked up. Yes. and A mistake, a misstep. Yeah. And, you know, look, hey, Taylor's old as time. People have affairs and then realize that was a horrible idea. And she's like, I'm sorry, but I have this terrific husband and kid, and I'm out here, and I'm screwing the local stud, you know? Like, you could have anybody, but I realize this isn't right. And he's like, okay, well, all right, whatever you want. But, of course, when she leaves, he's like, he's shirtless and with his jeans on, and he chases her out of the house to be like, please, you know, shirtless, no shoes, just as Vic is driving by. And she see, he sees, like, a, just a glimpse of uh, Steve running up to Donna at her car. And Vic makes a U-turn, but there's traffic. So by the time he gets back to that block, both them and the car are gone. But he saw it. He knows. He knows Donna's yeah. car. He knows both yeah. of them. Yep. <clears throat> and Donna goes to pick up Ted from school. And he has a cut on his forehead. And, and he said, I got hit by a swing. And she kisses a better, and she tells them, they sort of like an all-better catchphrase, like, overdone mm-hmm. with gone. And so it's like, when something is all over, it's like, overdone with gone. And they drive home. And meanwhile, um, Donna's car is now having a lot of problems. And, like, she just doesn't have a Jaguar. She's like a shitty old Pinto. Yes. But they make it to the driveway, and she's like, they're having, it's having the same problem again. Vic, of course, is like, oh, yeah, is it? Like, he knows something is up. He, he knows he something's knows. amiss. Yeah. So he sends Tad off to get his bit, and he says, Donna, so what did you do today? And she's like, oh, I'm just, 
Usuals, groceries, errands. End of list. But Vic knows. Meanwhile, back at the farm, Cujo's doing even worse. He's hiding out under the patio, which does look nice and cool, but he's starting to have that classic rabies mouth foam starting to stream down. Mm. And Joe Camber comes home, and he's enraged because Charity bought him a hydraulic hoist. And she and Brad are like, you're constantly talking about how you need one. Why are you so mad? And he's like, we don't have money. And they're like bracing. Like, obviously, he screams at them all the time. He's like, you can't be spending that kind of money. Like, what are you doing? Are you, you know, like, he sucks. And he's also going to get killed by a St. Bernard. You already know that for the second you meet him, you know? Great. But he's like shrieking at his wife and child. And she's like, he's like, we don't have that kind of money. And Charity says, we do. I won the lottery. And she shows him the ticket and she won $5,000. And without it, he doesn't apologize. Well, he, he doesn't apologize. He doesn't even look up and he just says, thank you for buying the hoist. She's like, so I got you this present, so I want you to give me a present. I want me and Brett, we're going to go away for a week to see my sister in Connecticut. And Joe's like, all right, well, that's fine. You guys yeah. go. Of course, that night Joe gets wasted with their neighbor, their dirtbag friend, Gary. And she's like, my wife and, and my dumbass wife and my dumb kid are going to Connecticut for a week. So I want you to come down with me to, for Boston for some broads, some booze, and some baseball. While they're, like, slamming back beers. What? And his friend's like, let's do it. So, basically, when they're gone, he's going to go down to Boston to cheat on his wife and, like, spend the rest of the money. What a fucking dipshit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he's meat for—he's chum for the water. He is meat yes. for the, gr- the grind. He's gristle for the mill. He's just there to get uh, eaten by Cujo. Who, by the way, is under the table as they're like talking, and like every like loud, like drunken, like laugh is like so like, painful to him. I just love Cujo. I know. Sometime later, Vic picks, picks up uh, Tad early from summer camp because I guess Tad hates it, but he's like, okay, then we'll sneak out early on the first day, you know, and they, ra- they race home in the Jag, which of course means they're coming home earlier than Donna thought. So Donna's at home doing laundry and stuff. Steve just comes to the house and grabs her from behind and just sort of starts kissing her, telling her, like, I miss you, I miss touching you. But Donna's like, this is fucking over and like shoves him off of it. And they kind of have like a struggle and a glass of milk and eggs fall on the ground. And he screams, what the hell are you doing? Who the hell do you think you're talking to? Allison, just then, Tad and Vic walk in. And Tad sees the eggs and the milk on the ground and says, what happened? Allison, what would you do? What would I do? What would you do? What would you do? Who am I? Um, whoever you want to be. You want to be Cujo, you can be Cujo. You want to be Donna, oh, you go for it. You want to be I Steve, don't, don't be do it. Um, you want to be Vic. Whoever you want to be. If you want to be Vic and you want to explain what you do if your ad agency is taking because of a <laughs> national scandal, you could be right. that person too. Here's the business strategy I propose yeah. for the ad firm. Um, yeah, let's say Donna. I'm going to say you're Donna. Okay. How would you handle this? I'm coming clean. Yes, I'm like, absolutely. You got it. I'm not proud of this, and we will definitely deal with this later, but like, I've been having an affair with this man, and with Steve, and... Now he's being threatening and starting to be scary and dangerous. And just start laying your cards on the table because, like, no one's going to help you if they don't know what's happening. Yeah. And it's like, you'll have to deal, like, obviously you will have to deal with this. Also, like, Vic knows something's up and has already. Um, I agree. But it's like, Cujo, you know, I don't, like, they don't even know about Cujo being scary yet. So there's nothing you can really do on that front. And that's another, this is another movie where, like, it is so long into the movie before Cujo becomes a problem. Like, the problems that exist are 
problems of the domestic world, of business, yes. of, of, of <laughs> advertising, of, of different dyes you might use in a food, you know? Like, there's so <gasps> much involved. Cereal campaigns and illicit affairs, but, like, we don't get to, like, terrorizing dog until quite late. Exactly. And I think, again, it's sort of like Christine. I'm trying to think of, like, what other— Oh, the birds. My God. I mean, was that's an hour in, the birds show up. An you hour know, 50, in before 50 we have minutes. birds to do. Yeah. And similarly, it's about—we're going to have to deal with the, 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 the horror of, of human life before we, yes. um, before we deal yes. with— uh, What's at stake. Yes, exactly. Um, but you're right. Absolutely come clean. Even if it busts up your marriage, like— you gotta. You can't, and also, like, your kid's seeing all this. Like, your kid. Yeah. People are oh, like, this oh, poor we'll, kid. We'll hire for the kids. We'll stay together for the kids. Kids pick up on a lot of stuff. You know, like, they, it, Dad, you could already tell them that something is wrong. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. So Steve bolts in all this, and, and Vixie's Donna, who's like cleaning up the eggs and the milk, and he just says to her, yes or no? And Donna says yes. And Vic turns and he walks out the door, and Donna puts her face in her hands. Wait. What is the yes or no supposed to be asking her? Are you fucking Steve? Oh, oh, okay. Because he saw them together that time. Right, right, right. So he says yes. And she or no. knows that, and she knows what he's asked. Okay. Yeah, because I just and again, it's like I. It's so clear. It's so obvious. Yeah. And like, why else would Steve be there? And like, you know, it's just sort of like the fact that Steve was there in their house in the middle of the day, and Vic had no idea. That's yeah. It that's was enough for him to already, be like, yeah, yeah. This is happening. So now it's out. Now Vic knows. He's furious. And he, like, goes and channels his anger into fixing the Pinto. And and that's when we find out that he has to go away for 10 days to do this special board meeting. And I'm like, board meeting with Sharp Cereal? Board meeting with the advertiser, advertising Who firm? Who are you meeting what with? What board? And also, why is the board mad what at are you? They? Why is the board right. mad at the cereal, cereal. manufacturers? This is on the engineers or whoever, or the food scientists. This is on the food yes. scientists, not you this guys. This is on the food scientists. Now, it'd be different if it's like, oh, that guy we hired to be the professor of cereal turns out to be a pedophile be or a something. Pedophile. That's yeah. on you. That's on you. That's you on cast you. wrong. Okay, then. But the fact that there's something wrong with the food, similarly the Daily Harvest. That is not the like, ad that's, team, Exactly. Like, yeah. Whoever's writing copy or whatever, whoever's casting it and shooting it, that has nothing to do with that. But again, I don't know how advertising works, so maybe that does. Couldn't be. Yeah. Okay. Can't give you an answer. So he's, you know, Tad comes out and and I don't want to go back to day camp. And Vic is trying to hold it. And he's like, well, why don't you give it another day or two? I think you're going to enjoy it. You're going to be enjoy being out of the house for a little while, you know. And Vic's going away for 10 days. And Tad's like, I don't think that you should go away for 10 days. I think you should go for one day, which is like what a kid thinks. And it's like, oh, God, you know. Yeah. Um, that being said, it does feel like a 10-day break actually seems like the perfect thing for him and Donna right now. Like, take some time. And then in 10 days, let's talk about it. Where are we at? Yeah. Like, you know, she. What's going on? Yeah. yeah. 
And she's like, well, who's going to tell say the monster words? You know, like, who's going to go and tell the monsters to get out of here? Mommy doesn't know them. And Vic's like, you know, the thing is, and he has this, like, wonderful, like, very heartwarming speech. He's like, you know, I didn't know the monster words until I read them. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to write them down, and then you could have a copy, and your mom can read them to you every night, okay? And then you could both know the monster words. And Ted's like, all right, that's, that seems reasonable. I'm right. on board with that. That's, that's just reasonable. That's a deal. Yeah. And so Donna, he, he's not able to fix the car, and it's like, they're just talking about the car now. It's like that, the way that we're talking about our relationship, and he says, like, I cannot fix the car himself, our marriage. He's like, so he's like, you'll have to take it to the, uh, Joe Ch- Camber over the weekend, and she's like, I'll do it. I will, t- I will get the car fixed. It's like, I will work on fixing our marriage, you know? Yes. And we see that night the monster words are tacked on Ted's closet, and it has things like, monster, stay out of this room. You have no business here. No monsters under Tad's bed. You can't fit under there. Like, he wrote it as, like, a rhyming poem. And I'm like, oh, God. And Tad sleeps blissfully. Like, Tad sleeps through the night because he's, like, so reassured. Um, Early in the morning, Brett and Charity are going, are packing up to go to Charity's sister in Connecticut. But, of course, he wants to say goodbye to Cujo. And he hears Cujo. It's, like, very, it's foggy, like, early morning fog. He hears Cujo, like, whining and whimpering but can't find him because the fog is so thick. And then eventually discovers him in the woods, and Cujo sort of confronts Brett. And Cujo's like, again, his eyes are all wet. He's wet with the dew of the morning, and he's like yeah. soaking and like ragged looking. He looks very sick. And Brett's like, "Are Cujo, are you okay? It's me, Brett." You know. And Cujo's snarling, but then like stops and just seems like confused. Yeah. And then sort of trots off further into the fog. Brett, of course, is extremely upset, and he's like, "I don't know. Something's wrong with Cujo. My dad's gonna have to deal with him." Meanwhile, his mom is clearly, like, she's not just packing to go to Connecticut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, we see her packing up all the photo albums. It's like, oh, they're not coming back. Oh, you're leaving. You're not coming back. And honestly, they should. I mean, I feel like that's that's the tenor that we have is, like, Joe is so abusive and so hostile. They're constantly walking on eggshells. It, it it makes sense that that she's like, this is our opportunity. And now I have a little bit of money and I can actually get the fuck out of here. So, yeah. She's taking their There's a going away present, and we're gone. Exactly, yeah. Enjoy your time in Boston, which I'm sure she, like, knows about, too, on some level, you know. Um, just then, Vic is headed out for work at the same time to the special board meeting, and uh, Tad and Don are saying goodbye to him. He's driving in the Jag, and they he and Donna can barely look at each other. And he just tells her, so like, okay, I'll see you. He starts to drive off, but Donna, who's still in her bathroom, like, run, yells for him and runs to the end of the driveway, and he stops, and she's like... I just wanted you to know it was over. I just wanted to be sure that you knew that. I can't make that it never happened, Vic. I can't make like it never happened either, Donna. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I just yeah. don't know. And he drives off. And Donna, of course, like bursts into tears. Donna, you goofed, okay? And and yeah. again, this this happens. And I, it's like, you know, you got to do what you can to try to rebuild it. But I think it, two, two weeks apart, that seems... This seems good. You know, like, take yeah. a break and then come back. Unfortunately, that does mean that Vic's out of town and fewer and fewer people are going to be around who know exactly where your location is. Yeah. Which is uh, going to be unfortunate here in a minute. Back at the Cambers house, Brad's, like, loading up the station wagon. And Brad like, I'm, I'm so worried about Cujo. He's foaming at the mouth. I'll tell Dad to look for him. And Charity's like, you're not going to talk to your father? You're not going to ask him to we do anything? Leaving. We are. He's, he's obviously going to flip out. Like, you know, if you're like, can you look at the dog? He'd flip out. It's like, that's how you know you should leave. You, you can't even you ask your, your partner to take to care of a dog. dog. Yeah, like, then you got to Your dog? Yes. Like. <laughs> Who is sick? And he says, yeah. okay, like, as soon as we'll get there, we'll call. And you could ask your dad real casual, like, hey, you feeding my dog, Daddy? 
So it's like you can't even ask him, is the dog okay? Are you feeding the dog? You have to right. approach it. It's like that's how much Joe sucks. You can't, he, you can't trust him to take care of a dog, you know? Meanwhile, Kojo is kind of like wandering on the property and again, he's all muddy and fucked up and like out of it. And he makes his way next door. We see Gary, Joe's dirtbag friend, getting ready to go to Boston by throwing more garbage on his big garbage pile, I guess. And he's drunk and he's an asshole, but he's not stupid. So when he sees Cujo, he's like, "Uh, what you growling at there, boy? Like he could tell something's wrong. So he tries to make a break for the house, but Cujo lunges at him. And Gary's able to like scramble up on the porch inside and he slams and he locks the screen door and he goes to get his shotgun. And he's like, you're dead, you stupid son of a bitch. Jesus Christ. But before he can load his gun, Cujo tears through the screen door and attacks him. And he gets Gary down on the ground, and he rips out Gary's throat. Cool. Back over the Cambers farm, Joe is looking for Cujo. So Brett and Charity have left. And Joe is whistling for Cujo, but can't find him. And since he's planning to head out for a week himself, he just fills up. There's like a bathtub on the property, like just like a loose bathtub. So he fills up the entire bathtub with dog food to be like, I'm just going for a week. This seems like enough. He goes over to Gary's to um, tell him, like, okay, let's get ready to go to Boston. Allison, he finds the screen door all torn out, and he finds Gary's body. And Joe is, of course, distraught, and he runs around, and he realizes, oh, who or whatever did this could still be in the house. And he runs over to the phone. But before he can call, Cujo walks in the room, covered in blood, and now he has green pus oozing from his eyes. Ew. And Joe says out loud, oh, shit, you're rabid. He realizes. Yeah. Cujo lunges at Joe, and Joe does not stand a chance. Cujo rips his ass up, feature rap on Joe. Mm. Unfortunately, about a couple hours later, Don and Tad are singing a camp song as they drive. They're lurching, shuddering Pinto to the Cambers farm, praying. You know, she's like, Don is like, come on, just make it a little more. And I'm like, just go to a closer mechanic. Or alternately, yes. call before you show up. If she had called, Joe would have been like, not available, not, not can't come here. Right. No, don't come. But she's don't just going to show up and, and assume, I don't think that's how a mechanic works either. I don't think so either. I have to ask, ask a question. Mm-hmm. Is the dog playing Cujo a good actor? He's phenomenal. Or okay. she. Absolutely great. Yeah, yeah, I guess like, you know. Yeah. Because um, like, I feel like something like, for a dog to like really play threatening. Yes feels challenging. Yeah, um, it's really good. Cujo is like snarling, barking, leaping. Like, it's like a big, physically intimidating presence. Yeah. So yes, I absolutely think this is a very good dog. Um, oh, good. I'm trying to good see actor. if Cujo is listed under, would it be listed under the cast? Is cast? that insane? I feel like for this movie, it wouldn't be like, it, yeah. I, I would I would maybe, but for like other movies where they're like, there happens to be a dog in this. Like, yeah, let me see. Is he listed on IMDb? Does he have an IMDb page? Who is Let's the dog see. that played Cujo? Oh, here we go. Apparently, um, five different samurais were used during production. Oh. Alongside one, alongside one mechanical head replica, and slightly less impressively, a man in a dog costume. Oh, yeah. I wonder what. Could you tell when that was happening? No, absolutely not. Okay. I, okay. I, that's very cool. That is from the. What is the website? The New York Film Academy under student resources. So there you have it. Oh, no. Are they all dead? I mean, they must be. The main dog. So well, yeah, now they are absolutely. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, this is, again, according to this one website. Um, 
They, uh, okay, the dogs had to have their tails tied down during filming to stop them from wagging happily. Yeah. I feel like I read that once. Um, and a Rottweiler had to stand in for numerous scenes because Wrangler simply couldn't the saberers look anything other than happy to be there. <laughs> well, that's what I was, that's why I'm asking, like, oh, like, they're such, like, friendly, dopey friends. Yeah. But, like, to, for them to be threatening looking, like, I would imagine you would have to, like, do a lot of work. I mean, maybe, like, the sh- close-ups of the barking or all the mechanical head. I don't know, because, like, I maybe. think they do a good job. Yeah. Unfortunately, the main dog featured, featured suffered, sadly suffered an untimely death due to an infection during post-production. Oh. And the names of all the dogs who appeared in Cujo have been lost to the fog of time. Oh, that's too bad. They'll never get their... Their due. Yeah. But they were all great. I, I really think they, they yeah. were really excellent. Way to go. Yeah. Good job, multiple Cujos. Um, so, uh, yeah, so they're driving over to the, over to the Camber's farm. They make it there and Tad's immediately like, nobody's even here. Donna gets out. She's calling out. No one responds. And she's kicking herself like, well, shit, I should have gone somewhere else or called. And Tad's like, oh, the button on my seatbelt is broken. So Tad is trying to get out and he can't. She goes to help him only to have Cujo lunge through the halfway open passenger side window at Tad. And Don is fighting and screaming to roll the window up, which she barely can, but thankfully gets him closed. And Tad is sobbing. And this is like, this is not a movie for someone who cannot stand to see a child in, in afraid. Yeah. Tad is sobbing the entire time, screaming. And he's crying. He's like, the monster, is out, the monster out of my closet is outside. And Don is oh. like, it's not a monster. It's just a doggy. But then the doggy is on the windshield going fucking nuts, trying to, like, yeah. break in there and tear them apart. So that's not exactly the most, like, comforting idea, you know? Yeah. And at a certain point, like, she's honking the horn to scare him away. So you have the horn, horn, the horn honking. So he's getting, like, upset by that. Yes. The the Tad is screaming to go home. Cujo's barking. And it really is, like, a scary, like, the cacophony is, like, oh, like, yeah. you're there. You know, it's really horrible. Allison, when Donna tries to start the car to get the hell out of there, it will not start. And finally has given up. And Ted's sobbing, and Donna reassures him, like, we'll go in a few minutes. Uh, she's gonna basically like, the car has a problem, but if I let it sit, the engine cools down, I should be able to restart it. So she's not, she's not totally destroyed yet. This is not good, but she sets no. up Tad in the back with, like, some pencils and a, and a paper— and after a little while, he begs her, please, can you try the car? And she's able to re- she's able to try it, and the engine finally fucking turns over, and they start God. to leave. And she looks at Cujo and says, fuck you, dog, only for the engine to immediately stall again. I mean, you, can, you can't— Yeah. It's the, it's the I'll be right back of yeah. this movie. And now Donna's freaking out. She's, like, hitting the steering wheel, like, berating herself. And Ted's like, are you okay? Are you mad at me? And she's like, I'm not mad at you. I'm never mad at you. It's oh. not in you. And Ted says, do you think he could eat his way in here? I wish he would die. And Donna says, yeah, me too. Unfortunately, then night begins to fall. Like, they're going to have to be stuck there all night. But Vic, having finally gotten to, I'm not sure if he was going to Boston or if he's going to New York, but he finally gets to his hotel. He calls to check on them. The phone rings and rings. But he's trying to be like, is she just mad at me? Is she like, you know, he's not immediately leaping to something horrible has happened. She's Something, yeah, yeah. they're trapped in a car being like, Terrorized by a exactly, dog. yeah. He's like, okay, well then I'll it's give not her the call first in the morning. You think after you've had that kind of explosive marital argument, exactly. And he goes to like the fancy ad person dinner, you know, like Roger gets a lobster, but he's disturbed and it's like really bothering him. And so they go. Tad's like, I really have to pee again. Addressing bathrooms, which we always appreciate. Thank you. We always appreciate bathroom 
and, usage. And Donna's like, okay, I'll open the door a crack and you pee outside. I was like, open the window a crack. If you open a door a crack, I could just going to hear it. Of course. Yeah, he's a boy, too. He can, like, make that work exactly. in a way that, like, a girl can't. <laughs> yeah, you should be worried about when you have to pee, Donna. That's going to be trickier. Yeah, that's actually going to be a problem. Fortunately, also, like, this car is totaled. Just let him pee in the car. <laughs> yeah, just fill that car up with piss. I mean, at this point, use it to drown Cujo in it. Like, yeah, this yeah, this car is a wash. We're, we're going to have to buy a new car if we survive this, for sure. Yeah. Um, luckily, the phone inside the house starts to ring. <laughs> fill that car with <laughs> Right, yeah, just floating around in there. Cool you down, at least. I have, like, a vision of that. It's very funny. Um... The look of the phone inside the house starts ringing and Cujo goes nuts and he runs himself up to the front door and starts like throwing himself against the front door of the house. Luckily, that gives uh, them enough time to let Tad pee. And I was like, she should get out and run. But I'm like, and to where? Because it's not like there's a barn, but it's not like there's a there's a lock on the door. Like yeah. there's, no, there's like a shed, but it's clearly all rickety. Like there's nowhere yeah, with a door. that's going to be. Nothing's going to be safer than, like, yeah. being inside the car in terms of, like, what Cujo can and cannot eat or bust his way through. Yeah. And they do have a thermos with a little bit of water in it, so they are sort of rationing it. Allison, the sun rises. It's the next day. And when Donna wakes up, Cujo is standing just right outside her fucking window, just growling at her, staring at them. Meanwhile, um, on his— uh, Special oh board meeting. Vic's alarm goes off, and he immediately starts calling the house again. No answer. Yeah. No answer. And uh, back in the car, Donna opens the window for air, but the, even that, like, the air is getting so hot because it is summer. Yeah. So it's like they're just, you know, even if they have the window open a crack, it's just heating up, heating up. This is, speaks to my, and I'm going to say this, and I know this is so morbid, my truly, my de- my deepest fear uh, that I have of all fears is leaving a baby in, in, a, hot in a hot car. Because you read about this happening, and people are like, how could that happen? Well, obviously, it, it can happen because it does happen. Yeah. And it's all these people who are like, and luckily, I'm not organized, but they always say it's, yeah, it's really type A organized people where there's a slight change to their schedule, and they're not normally the one who drives the kid to, like, playground yeah. or, like, the um, daycare. So it's, like, one change in your schedule, and then this can sometimes happen. Yeah. And that is so terrifying. That is terrifying to me. And I would, I would do it. Like, Me too. I immediately, like, I would do like, it. I, just like, I, like, I, like, forget things oh, yeah. all the time. Like, it's just. People are like, well, how could they do that? It's like, I don't know how. What, the, the brain it happens. Is, the brain is full of holes. You know what I mean? Yes. So, um, so that, this is really, like, f- to me, bringing up that fear of, like, we're just stuck in this hot car. We have this little kid. You know, it's just getting hotter and hotter. And you can give him water, but, like, at a certain point, your body temperature starts to rise. Right. And luckily, Tad brought his copy of the Monster Words, and he's just sort of occupying himself, like, kind of reading them, like, over to himself over and over again. Outside on the ground, Donna sees a baseball bat about 20 feet away. And she starts to calculate, can I get there? Can I get there? But then she realizes, wait a minute, the mailman is going to come. There is someone who is going to come here. It's the mailman. Yes. And she's like, we're going to, and she tells Tad, the mailman's going to come. We'll, he will see us. We'll be able to get help. So we see the postal worker, the same one that told Vic originally, hey, go to uh, Joe, Joe Camber's house. He's cheaper, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, he picks up a package for Joe, clearly a bumper, and he loads up his truck. And before he can leave, his coworker says, oh, hey, the Camber sent in a hold mail notice for this week. They're they're not they're out of town or something. Don't oh worry about God. taking it. And he's like, oh, thanks, Roger. I was I, saved me a trip. And so he takes oh, all the stuff off no. his truck. He's not going, Allison. He's not going. And back on the farm, Donna sort of they're both sort of like starting to be in and out of consciousness. The air is so hot, you could see it ripple in the heat. Yeah. And I have to ask at this point, Allison, who will survive? 
will survive. I think that Donna and Tad will survive. Okay. I think Cujo is not long for this world. I don't know how that's going to happen. Um, and how about Vic? I think I think that they're going to all be reunited together and and stay together. I think he's going to make it. And then I don't about, know about his ad work, but I, yeah, his, but I his think career might will. be the toilet. And then what about Steve Kemp? Maybe Steve will die. Okay. Great. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, so inside the house, the phone rings again, and this makes Cujo freak out so much to the point that he starts charging the car. In reality, I don't think this would do anything, but in the movie, it's enough to, like, dent the doors. Yeah. And he's able to get up and shatter the passenger side window. He's clawing the roof. He's, like, committed to getting to them. And that's, like, so much this movie is a child screaming in terror, which I, I was like, I, mean, I, I'm just, I can't I take can't, it. I can't take it. At his meeting, Roger's like, we need a whole new campaign. Start from scratch. It's like, yeah, of course. Like, yes. But again, is that such a, isn't that just, like, advertising 101? Like, just think of something new. But Vic yeah. is just, he's very distracted. He can't get in touch with Donna. And Roger's like, I need to get some sugar. And he storms out. At this point, I'm like, Call the fucking cops. If you can't get in touch with your family, call someone you know in the, the town. And be like, hey, can you go check on yes. my house? Start the process. If you it's it's the second day and you can't, you haven't gotten in touch and you have a four-year-old or five-year-old yeah. kid. Yeah. It's something it, something has happened. Sure, maybe she abandoned you, but also maybe something else happened and you need someone right. to go look at the house. Yes. Um, back in the car, Don and Tad are like sweating bullets, and Todd keeps sort of like falling asleep. But like, is he asleep? Is he unconscious? You know, oh, like no. So Don is sort of like strategizing. She Cujo isn't visible, so she opens the door and steps out. Allison Cujo is under the car. Even worse, for the first time, we realize Donna is wearing heels. Girl, oh, don't no. be running in your heels. Why are you running errands in heels? She, I, well, that's a great question. She tries to make a break for the house to use the phone, only for Cujo to fucking just leap out at her, knocking her onto the hood, which wakes up poor Tad, who then has to watch his horror as she, like, screams and fights off this dog, like, which is massive. Fortunately, she's able to get the, get inside the car door. Cujo leaps inside, and so it's, like, is on top of her as she lays across the, the front seats. She ends up ripping open her thigh, like, and, oh. and luckily, like, ends up biting her skirt and then pulling her skirt off, like ripping it. And when he pulls back, she's able to shove him fully out of the car and shut the door. But now she has a huge wound bleeding on her leg. So she's losing weight. Uh, losing weight. She is losing weight. She's looking fabulous. She is losing blood. And Thin as hell. And isn't most of our weight blood? No. Anyways, so she starts to— Yeah, lose a little of that blood weight. Get some of those leeches. 
Um, Donna is starting to pass out, and she tells Ted, who again is sobbing and like in a kindergarten, to this not poor fucking kid. His life was already like so like tough, yes. emotionally tough with like knowing that his parents fight and then yeah. like seeing that confrontation and then like his dad is leaving for like maybe forever, but yeah. maybe just a week. Like it, yeah. She tells dad. Uh, she tells Ted, who is sobbing, to knock it out of the car. And that night in, well, I would say Boston, Vic's like, fuck it, I'm driving back. I can't get in touch with them. Yeah. And he tells Roger he's leaving. Roger's like, look, I get it, okay? I know what you're going through. You can't come up with an answer to the Sharp campaign, okay? So you think you're through. You think the creative juice is gone. It's just panic, Vic. And he's like, shut up, Roger. Donna's having an affair. She said it was over, but now she won't pick up the phone. She hasn't answered in two days. I'm afraid she's left. And Roger's like, oh, shit, you got to call the police. Even Roger's yeah. like, bitch, call the police. We don't, maybe call she left. Oh, that's the best case scenario. The police. You know? And Vic says to him, that's not the point. Bitch, what? Yes, it is the point. Yes, it is. Like, I, I don't know what you think's going on, but, like, if she's not answering, call the police. Yeah, somebody's got to go. Or, like, call someone to go check on her. But then Roger said, look, call the police, but you can't run out of the Sharp account. And Vic says, wanna bet? And I'm like, can't you just, like, email, the, like or, like, call Roger? I mean, it's just like, Roger, you're going to be fine. You know, like, you don't, he doesn't yeah. have to physically be there. It didn't make no sense. Yeah. And also, your family hasn't talked, picked up a phone in two days. It doesn't fucking matter if you lose a Sharp account. It doesn't, because, like, they're being attacked by a dog. Yeah. So it's night again, and Donna's up, oh and she's God. sort of ripping her remaining clothes into, like, strands of, Tourniquets. Like, yeah, yeah, to, like, tie off her wound. And she's praying, and she's like, please, God, please get me out of here. Please, also, God. Also, would this mean that she has rabies now? So, hypothetically, if she were to then go get the prophylactic shots, she's fine. Yeah. Okay. But she has to go in the, you know, the next couple days. If she were to yeah. get this untreated, yes, she would absolutely die of rabies. So she, again, time's ticking in a lot of different ways. So the sun rises on a third day, and I'm like, they'd be dead. Or, like, at least Tad would be dead. Like, because yes. it's just like, they're, it's so hot, they don't have food. They, yeah, they, they weren't barely like prepared. Right. Yeah. They're sweating. So, like, any moisture they have, they're losing immediately. Yeah. And so when Donna wakes up, Tad is wheezing. His eyes are wide. He's, like, barely able to, like, breathe. No. I know. She picks him up, and she, like, sings a song. And, of course, Cujo immediately starts attacking at the sound of the song, and she's, like, singing. And t- but luckily, t- Tad sort of, like, starts sobbing and talking to her. So at least he's responsive. Okay. But yes. he's not doing well at all. Like, dehydration, heat stroke, it's all, you know, happening. Um, meanwhile, back at home, um, Steve comes by, and he proceeds to fucking trash the place. As— like, comeuppance for him, for Donna breaking it off. So he doesn't know anything's going. He goes in and he takes a knife. And when Vic walks in, their bed has been stabbed and slashed. So there's, like, down everywhere. And there's a photo of Donna torn to pieces. So now Vic's like, that son of a bitch took my wife and kid. Like, yeah. he could have fucking killed them. And he's right. calling the cops. And he's like, Steve Kemp did this. I don't know where my wife and child are. I think he kidnapped them. You need to figure this out. And the cops are like, oh, that sounds like a lot of work. I don't know. Fucking and they, they, of course, come over and they're like, well, okay, Steve Kim took him. Like, where's your wife, wife's car? He's like, it's probably getting repaired. She took it out to, um, what's his name? Joe Camber's place. They're like, oh, of course, Joe Camber. Everyone knows Joe Camber. We'll send out a cop to go check it out, okay? And luckily, they're sending an officer to the farm. Um, in the car, both Donna and Tad are p- fully passed out. And Cujo does not look much better. Like, Cujo looks exhausted. He's covered. Yeah, he's got to be kind of running, de- like, circling the drain at this point. Yeah, he's, like, soaking wet with his own, like, mucus. Like, he's he's covered in blood from both her blood and his mouth. And then, like, his own blood. He, like, has injured himself. 
He yeah. break. He like, I'm sure he still got the blood of the other two guys he killed on him. Yeah, exactly. It's all it's like, like he took a bath. For, yeah, and um, in in attacking the car, he is like br- like ripped off one of the um like the passenger door side door handles. So I'm sure his teeth are all broken. Finally, the cop car arrives and spots their car. But because Don and Tad are both passed out, they cannot say, don't get out of the car. And the cop gets out of his cruiser. He's immediately attacked by Cujo. He manages to run into the barn and, like, jump on top of a car and get up into the rafters. But Cujo doesn't give a fuck, and he's able to knock him to the ground to just tear him apart. So he dies? The cop dies. The only good thing is that he has dropped his gun in the struggle, which is close enough to the car, for Donna to notice. So she tries to open the door to grab it. Cujo's on her in a second before she could get out of the car. So she's, again, really having a breakdown. And it's so weak. You know, it's just like she can't even move quickly. Right. Um, Back at the house. So now I think we're supposed to think, like, this is a couple hours later. The cops tell Vic, like, okay, we pick up Steve Kemp, but he admitted trash in the house. And but he says he hasn't ever even seen Donna and Tad. And Vic's like, well, obviously he's lying. And the cop says the audacity to say to Vic, to tell you the truth, I believe him. Why? 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 What What are you talking about? With what What? evidence? What? And Vic's like, okay, well, did the cop who went to Joe Camber's, did they find her car? And the cop's like, oh, he's probably following some lead. We'll probably hear from him soon. Vic's like, you haven't heard from him yet? He hasn't even called in? It's been hours. It's seven miles away. He should be able to right. fucking go there, talk to him, and or at least see his, if her car's there. And the cop's like, yeah, I, I'm not good at my job, I guess. So Vic has to take things into his own hand. He runs out to the jagged. He peels away to the farm. So okay. now it's a race against time. In the car, Tad has gone completely limp. Like, he is, like, he's dying. And Donna's freaking out and says, fuck it. If I'm going out, I'm going off like a boss bitch. And she opens the door and she runs. Into, she tries to run to the house. Cujo is on her in seconds. and But instead of going back to the car, she runs to the baseball bat, and she manages to bash Cujo in the head a couple times. Doesn't stop him. I mean, he's sick. And she hits him so hard, the bat cracks in half. And when Donna trips backwards, Cujo lunges at her, and she manages to impale him on the baseball bat handle and kind of Ooh. shove him off. She also grabs the cop's gun and is about to shoot Cujo, Cujo but it's like Cujo's collapsed and is motionless. He's probably not going to get up again. Allison, this is the scariest well, part to me. When Donna runs back to the car to get Tad, to get Tad, the, her, the, the driver's side door, because Cujo slammed into it, is now jammed shut. And no. when she runs to the other side, the handle of the passenger side door has been ripped off during one right, of his attacks. so there's no way to get in. And so she runs, and of course the trunk is locked. So she is screaming, weak with from days without food and water, and howling as she's trying to break the, the trunk window, and finally uses a gun to shatter it. But she doesn't. And she's able to get Tad into the house, and she like shuts the door behind her, locks it, and puts him on the kitchen table, and is like wiping him with water to try to get his body temperature cool. down. And is like putting like, fistfuls of water into his mouth. He's he's she starts doing H, uh, CPR. He's like you know he's like unconscious. He's not responsive. And finally, he gasps awake, sobbing. Tad is alive oh, and he's conscious. He's very upset, but he is responsive. Obviously, Allison. Just then, this oh, no. bitch Cujo leaps through the kitchen window, spraying glass everywhere. Donna grabs the cop's gun off the table and fires just as Vic arrives. Here's the gunshot and fucking sees the dead cop, sees the state of the car and like jumps out of his car, runs to the porch and Donna emerges from the front door holding Tad. They're both alive and he runs to her and and they hold Tad together. The end. 
And Cujo's dead. Cujo is dead. Um, Allison, I can I tell you how the book ends? How does the book end? Tad dies. <gasps> I'm glad they didn't make the movie. It that would way. just be too fucking sad. And I, I remember it's like it's so very sad. well done, but it's like, and also realistically, he would die. Like is a child yeah. that small, no water, no food, no water. It's so in hot. In a hot car for in a days. Hot car. Yeah. yeah. But thank God. And I mean, who knows what kind of like internal problems they're going to have. And she's, yeah, you're right. She's going to have to get um the pro, the rabies prophylaxis. Like but immediately. they are going to, it looks like they are going to survive. Unfortunately, yeah, poor Joe, uh, Joe, Joe Cambers, Gary, the cop. Um, Yeah, the, yeah. they're gone a forever. But um, trail of death behind Cujo. But. And then poor Cujo, you know. Poor Cujo. And, I feel for Cujo. And then the, in the epilogue in the in the in the book, it's sort of saying like uh Charity and and Brett like uh she gets Brett a puppy in the future and then um even though Tad dies, Donna and Vic they do work out. They do stay together. They do work out their marriage. And then the literally is just being like and Cujo was a good boy. He just oh. was had was rabid He's sick and he was sick. And that makes it even sadder, I think. It does make it sadder. I would rather it be like dog from hell. Exactly. It was Satan went in the dog and it had to die. Um, yeah. So what are some fatal mistakes you think that people have made in the movie Cujo? Fatal mistakes. He should have had somebody checking in on them after like the first day of them not answering. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, Vic should have had somebody doing that. Um I mean, if you're going to the if you're going to a mechanic, you have to call beforehand. You have to call just beforehand. to make sure someone's there. You yeah, because like especially if you're driving around a car that like barely functions, exactly. like you don't want to like make a trip that's going to like end in nothing. Yeah, and it's not like oh, I'm driving somewhere, but like t- I, I, I can get a lift or an Uber if, if my right. car can't make it back. It's not like you're in a city where there's other options. You can take the bus. Right. There's nothing. Nothing. I mean, I think that Donna did a great job managing once oh, yeah. things. What like I mean, it's like what else could she like. The fact that they both live. Yeah. She did it. Yeah, and, and she really steps up. And it's like, she's like, well, I if I'm going to go out, I'm going to, at the last moment of like, I'm going to go out like a, a fucking swinging. You know, I'm going to try yeah. to do what I can. Because what else? It genuinely is like, there's nothing else you could do. Yeah. But then to eventually be like, I'm going to get out of the car and then figure out how to fight this thing. Yeah. You have to. You have to. And that's a lesson for us all. You have to. You have to. Um, and then finally, where would you place Cujo on the spooky scale? A spooky scale. I mean, I think it being a dog, it's less scary. Yeah. Like Christine style, like, you know, it's just like, oh. And also like knowing that he's just sick is kind of like yeah. makes it a little sad instead of scary. Yeah. But that's and like there's so much uh just kind of like up top of like you know, peeking into everybody's lives that isn't scary. I mean, it is scary in, in the way that, like, a dissolving marriage is scary and yeah. an abusive uh, father, those things are scary. But um, but the scene with getting the car not opening it really does sound awful. So I, maybe a five. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three. Because I do, I find it very distressing. Yes. No, you know, I'll, I'll give it a five because I did, was distressed a lot. I don't know if I was scared, but I certainly felt terrible every time yeah. Tad screamed. And because, like, yeah. it's, he's absolutely right. Like, it's just the most terrifying shit you could possibly imagine. Like, I can't, I mean, truly. Um, yeah, I'll give it a five. And, he, but yeah, poor Cujo. 
I almost feel like, and again, we don't like to necessarily give notes uh, on the, the, the movie, but I do wish there had been a longer period of time where Vic was convinced that it was Steve Kemp took it. Because to me, like, when he comes home and it's like, oh, my God, Steve Kemp, I'm like, oh, no, like, they're not, he's not going to go there. But then it's such a short yeah. period of time where it has already yeah. happened so late. And that's fine. But, like, for me, it's like— if he was suspicious earlier, there, then there's more like, oh dear God, like they're go, they're all yes. they're going in the wrong direction. They're never going to find them. That yes, would be cool. Yes, yes, that would have been added suspense. And um, yeah, shout out to all the wonderful Saint Bernards who were um, all all five good boys. R.I.P. I mean, R.I.P. All of them, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. The main one. And <laughs> they're also, all definitely dead. whoever the guy who was who wore the the dog costume. Uh, I'm sure you were a good boy or girl as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, and uh, fun announcement: we're on TikTok, and we know we know how that sounds. We know it just seems unbelievable. We can barely believe it ourselves. Shout out to our producer Sabrina for yeah trying to put us on the path of the twenty first century. We're we're courting Gen Z. Um, <laughs> I don't really know anything about TikTok. I know it exists, and I should be on it, and I am not. So I'm excited um, for us to to move through that world. I don't even know how to tell you how to follow us. So, um, it's, Hallie. It, sure. If you're on TikTok, it's <laughs> at Ruined Podcast. It's just like, it's just like Instagram or Twitter. It's very, yeah. just look up the words. And um, you can find, okay. Yeah. I do like how you've decided it's incredibly more difficult to find it on there. But you know what? I know. How I would know. you know? It's, to me, it seems like it's not even that you follow people. It's like that it, it tells you what you're doing. And that is kind of what it is. I feel like at least when you first start there, it's like, how do you know? And then it's right. the algorithm starts to show you things it likes. And hopefully, if you add us, then, you know, that will, um, I don't I don't know how any of it works. I That's don't. has got to be good. Yeah. It can't be bad. Yeah. But if you're a previous generation of a social media user like we are, you can also still follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Ruin Podcast. So Right, whether you're a millennial, wait, whether you're Gen Z, millennial, Gen Z, millennial, Gen X, Gen X, boomers, boomers. What was before boomers? Is it the greatest generation? I, they certainly are. I think we could all say yeah. that. Yeah, if you're 80 years old listening, hell yeah. Shout wait, out. Yeah, you deserve way to go. But, you know, we post all kind of news on those things, too, like upcoming live shows, and we'll have all the Patreon details and things like that as that um, comes together. So um, please follow us on things. Oh, my God. Also, that the greatest generation is also called the silent generation. Oof. I don't like that. But, yeah, if you're a member of the silent generation, thank you for listening to this. Thanks for listening. Boy, yeah, that's a tough, tough nickname. And we're the—yeah, I feel like it's like we're the, the chatty generation— we're the generation that won't shut up. Yeah, we won't stop talking about ourselves. And we promise, <laughs> we promise we never will. And until we no. do, please, we beg of you. We gotta ask. Keep, keep it, it spooky. spooky. Keep it spooky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks.